Good morning all, and welcome to worship from the First Presbyterian Church of Quincy Sanctuary. It is good to know that you are out there, that we are joined together by the Holy Spirit in worship. Uh, as we have done the last few weeks, we are doing again on Sunday morning uh, today. Uh, we are having two different options for worship. You can watch this uh, recording of the service from the sanctuary, or if you feel that uh, it is safe enough for you uh, and that you can keep others safe as well, you can join us on the soccer fields, the side yard soccer fields at 1030 on Sunday morning together for an outdoor uh, in-person worship service. It is uh, a really nice uh, setting uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we have spots painted on the field so you pick your spot and you just set up a chair uh, we had puppies this last week uh, we have folks bringing you know snacks or whatever it's just been a, a nice time outside and uh, something really funny has been happening uh, you know how I've asked you over and over to move around in the sanctuary but you kind of roll your eyes at me and say that's not gonna happen well it seems like you settled into specific spots on the field as well Wow we are Presbyterian <laughs> But hey, it's who we are, right? So come, pick your spot, enjoy yourself uh, on a Sunday morning together in worship. Now, we're going to continue those in-person outdoor worship services uh, as we can, as long as we can do them safely. Uh, I do uh, remind you, I mean, y'all know the news like I know the news, but there were 132,797 new cases across the country on Friday. Uh, over the last eight days, we've averaged over 100,000 cases per day in our nation. And if past is prologue, uh, when these other spikes came, it took us a while to feel the effects of those here in Florida and specifically here in North Florida and Quincy. So, you know, we're gonna keep watching the numbers and we ask you to do all you can to stay safe. Wear your masks. Again, if you don't have one, I'm sure everybody has about a dozen by now, but if you don't and you need them, we still have them here at the church to share. So wear your mask, keep distanced from others. Stay home when you can. I mean, only go out uh, and be around people when you need to, but um, please let's uh, keep everyone safe. Um, this other component of those services is weather. So every Sunday morning, I'm gonna send out an email. If it's rainy or stormy or whatever, um, I'll send an email to let you know uh, that we may not be having that service. So watch those emails as well, but um, let's keep getting together uh, as we can, when we can. All right, a few announcements to share. Uh, I do ask that you put a muffler on your motorbike. <laughs> I do ask that you remember the folks on our prayer list uh, as you do each week um, and each and every day. Uh, we do have folks who are in the midst of illness and treatment, those facing and recovering from surgeries, healing from accidents, those who are mourning great loss in their lives, and those who are feeling uh, anxious and overwhelmed, uh, and those that are feeling great but just still like to know that they're in the prayers of their loved ones, of their faith family. So 
Lift those folks up in prayer. Lift the nameless ones in prayer as well. God does hear our prayers. Um, I did mention the, the coronavirus numbers. I do want to say again, here we're doing pretty well. So that's good. Keep checking the dashboard if you need uh, information. The COVID dashboard, Department of Health does a good job with that. But again, let's do all we can. Um, a lot happening in the next week. We have deacons on Tuesday at 5.30 via Zoom, session on Wednesday at 5.30 via Zoom. Great Big Table is uh, preparing meals and delivering them this Wednesday. We have another step build. Actually, it's a double step build, not a ramp this time, but two mini step builds. And they're coming up on Saturday, November 28th. Should take about four hours to do the work with a good crew with many hands. Uh, so uh, give Jack Schmidtman a call if you're interested in helping with that or let us know in the office and we'll let Jack know. But uh, those are great, wonderful projects, good ministries of this church. And we thank Jack and all those volunteers who are out there building ramps and building steps for those who have access issues uh, into their home. I would like to remind you, you know, we have these terrific Tuesday uh, videos that go up on Tuesdays on our Facebook page and these recorded services that we put up on our Facebook and website page. Here's the great thing is I've heard from folks as far away as Washington State and not my sister, <laughs> not someone I'm related to, but letting us know that they have found our worship services, that they have seen our terrific Tuesday videos. And the only way they see them really is when you share them. So if it uh, speaks to you in any way, share them to your page as well. It's like that six degrees of separation thing. Everybody's connected and it kind of goes everywhere. And it's a wonderful way that we can experience the working of the Holy Spirit. So watch and share and let's uh, connect with folks who are not just in our town, but everywhere. It's a great and glorious thing, and it is a gift of our faith in Christ. Now, um, stewardship season is going on. We're asking the pledges continue to come in. You've done great so far. We've got a couple weeks left. And again, thank you for your pledges, your tithes, and your offerings. You do such a great job supporting your church. Thank you so very, very much. Um, I do want to say again that it, um, it means the world to me to know that you are out there, that I get to hear from y'all. Uh, if I don't get to see you on the soccer field, uh, it is, um, brings joy to my heart to know that you are praying for that time that we can be together again here. Um, you know, it, it gives me strength as I know that you feel it as well because you've told me. So let's continue to hope for the best things but in the meantime, let's uh, enjoy worship as we can. And for these services, they couldn't happen without Scott and Tamara. They do a great job setting everything up, getting everything looking the best that it can. Uh, and thanks to those who help us with music, to Chris and Jenna, the FSU section leaders, to Ian for all of them. Uh, I think Evan is singing today for our service and tomorrow uh, outside. Um, it is, uh, it's a wonderful part of worship. So thanks to all of you that are helping in the ways you can. All right, lots of announcements, dry mouth, right?
losing my voice. I think it means that I talk too much, but it is what it is, right? All right, friends, um, let us join our hearts, minds, our souls, our entire beings in worship. Let us worship the Lord and let us pray. God of the seas, sky, and land, when Jonah turned to run from you, you showed him that nothing and no one could hide from your presence, for you are in all things and you love all things. Show us the gift of your presence and help us to carry your word of compassion and grace to all the world. Lord, give us hearts to love one another so that in sharing and receiving, we too might experience your most amazing grace, the divine grace we know through your son, Jesus Christ, who said this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. God above, you know our needs before we ask. And in our asking, you prepare us for the twin gifts of forgiveness and transformation. Help us open our lives to your healing presence, seeking peace with you and reconciliation with our neighbors. Help us be mindful, not only of personal evil, but also of our communal sins of family, class, ideology, race, and nation. God of all, we pray for healing in our country. We ask that you protect those we love from the virus spreading across our land. And we ask that you heal our country of its deep, deep divisions. We humbly ask that you would prepare us to be your agents of healing and that you would bless us all with opportunities to love and serve each other. And we pray that you would inspire us to be more Christ-like in all we say and in all we do. During this time of waiting, we ask you to bless the president and all of his supporters and the former vice president and all of his supporters. Bless them with all the wisdom, calm, and clarity required to move together into the blessings of tomorrow. Good Father, help us all to see each other through your eyes as kin, family, worthy of love, friendship, and respect. All this we pray in the name of Jesus, who turned death into new life and who taught us to pray together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. <clears throat> there is indeed a soundtrack to life. 
as there is a soundtrack to these recordings. It is the blessing of being at a corner stop sign. So maybe you heard that, I heard that. Were you all dancing? Yeah, yeah, dancing as they pray. Well, again, blessings. Blessings are the spice of life. Dealing with stuff just makes everything more interesting, doesn't it? All right, let's move into some scheduled music. Uh, I am pleased to let you know that Evan Blyler, one of our section leaders from the choir, uh, is offering for us and for God uh, in worship the wonderful old hymn, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. so very, very much. Uh, we do have two lessons for today. The first is from the Gospel according to Luke from chapter 18. It is a single verse, uh, verse 13. That's the way this narrative lectionary works. We have a tiny sliver of the New Testament right now, and then we will go into the preaching text in the Old Testament. Um, but this uh, passage uh, is, I guess, a reminder um, that prayer, um, the spirit behind the prayer, matters more than maybe the visuals of the prayer. So hear this uh, one verse from Jesus' teaching uh, in the Gospel according to Luke. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Be to God. <clears throat> our preaching text, our Old Testament lesson is a long one. It's from the book of Jonah, first chapter, the first 17 verses, and then skipping ahead, to the third chapter right on, <clears throat> excuse me, through the end. And I think uh, if you hold that Luke passage in your mind and in your heart, you will recognize another character, a group of characters in this story that uh, also uh, reach out to God um, with deep, deep emotion, um, not with flowery words, not in their best clothing, but just a cry out to God for 
forgiveness, for the opportunity of reconciliation. So now the book of Jonah, uh, starting at the beginning and then on through to the end. So here now, uh, the story of Jonah and God's word. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid his fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and such a mighty storm came upon the sea that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried to his God. They threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down into the hold of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. The captain came and said to him, What are you doing sound asleep? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps the God will spare us a thought so that we do not perish. The sailors said to one another, Come, let us cast lots so that we may know on whose account this calamity has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. All right. I'm going to be stopping throughout this because I just want to talk about some things as they come up. Um, when I read this story from the first time till again, this time getting ready for this week, this always surprises me. The sailors are about to go down with their ship. They're in a mini hurricane in the sea. And so what do they do? They draw straws to see who's, in, who's the one that has brought the trouble on them. They cast lots. Well, I guess it's because they're a superstitious bunch. But the lot did fall to Jonah. So perhaps God's hand was in that. All right, let's go on. Then the sailors said to Jonah, Tell us why this calamity has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? I am a Hebrew, Jonah replied. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land. Then the men were even more afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that Jonah was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them so. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea was growing more and more tempestuous. He said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great storm has come upon you. Now pay attention to this next part, because I think when we think of this story, we think that the sailors just tossed Jonah over the side. But they didn't. They don't. They first tried to save themselves, but save him as well. They were willing to sacrifice themselves to save him 
as well. Someone they didn't really know. They had to just ask him where he's from, what his occupation was, whose people he was from. And yet, this is what they did. Jonah said to cast him, Jonah, over the side so that it would quiet the sea down. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to bring the ship back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more stormy against them. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, O Lord, we pray, do not let us perish on account of this man's life. They did all they could. Then they gave up. Do not let us perish on account of this man's life. Do not make us guilty of innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. They are recognizing the God of Israel as the God, not a God, not a God, like was said earlier, but the God. Then the men feared the Lord even more, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. But Jonah they picked up and threw into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. All right. In this next section, we basically spend time with Jonah pray, uh, praying to God from the belly of the whale, pledging to obey God, vowing to be faithful. And then the Lord spoke to the fish and it spewed Jonah out on the dry land. It vomited Jonah out onto the beach. It's gross. Is that gross? Yeah, well. It is part of the story. And Jonah is out of the whale. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time saying, get up, go to Nineveh, that great city and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he had a proclamation made in Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, no human being or animal, no herd or flock shall taste anything. They shall not feed, nor shall they drink water. The king has proclaimed a fasting in the land. The people are making themselves humble before God and before each other. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth. They wouldn't go around in their finest. Think burlap sack, rough, dirty, but that's what they dress themselves in, in sackcloth. And they 
cried mightily to God. All shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. The king is saying, we will repent. And then he follows with this. Who knows, he says in his proclamation. We're going to do all this because who knows? God may relent and change God's mind. God may turn from God's fierce anger so that we do not perish. Have you ever heard of Pascal's wager? Scott? <laughs> he has, but he can't remember. Yeah, kind of. Pascal's wager is this. Pascal was a philosopher in the 17th century, uh, and he argued this when it came to the existence of God and the value of faith. If your choice is to believe or not believe, why don't you just go ahead and believe? Because the upside is incredibly high. And the downside, there isn't one. So if you believe and you follow the Lord, well, if God is there, good for you, but also it changes you. You treat people better, or we should. We learn to love more fully. But if you took the other side of the wager and just decide that there is no God and I'm not gonna think about God, well then when there is God, oops, and you tend to be a bit more selfish, self-centered. Um, so the wager is believe. Yeah. So when he, the king says, who knows? I'm thinking he's making the wager. God may relent, change God's mind. When God saw what the people did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. It worked. It worked. And God's mind is changed. It amazes me how many Christians think that when God says something, God's mind can't be changed. But all through scripture, we see God's mind changed, God's heart changed. It's amazing and it's beautiful. God decides that the calamity planned would not happen, but this was very displeasing to Jonah. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is this not what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. If you just read that verse in isolation, you might think, you know, Jonah gets it. But Jonah's not saying that with thanksgiving. He's mad that God is gracious, that God is abounding in steadfast love because he wanted to see the Ninevites in the city crushed. 
And now, Lord, says Jonah, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. God, you've shown grace to all those people, so just squish me, because, you know, why would I want to live anymore? That's terrible. It's terrible. And the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it was withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And Jonah said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 people who do not know their right hand from their left and also many animals. It's a strange ending to the story, but I think it's to illustrate God's point that even though this book is titled Jonah, it's not all about Jonah. This story is about God and that God has concern for all people, for all animals, for all creation, for every little thing. God cares and loves for every little thing. The story is bigger than Jonah. The story is bigger than any one of us individually. And yet God loves us all individually and God did not squish Jonah. God taught Jonah about love. God taught Jonah about grace. See, in this story, we've got Jonah, the people of Nineveh, and God. Jonah wants to smite them. God is hoping for reconciliation. The people choose reconciliation. The people choose to be humble before the Lord, to turn from their evil and their wickedness. And in my mind, I can remember a dear friend of mine once saying, explaining to a group of kids who had somehow found themselves far away from where they needed to be. They were not behaving the way that they had been raised to behave. They were not loving each other. They were bullying, they were picking on one another. They were messing stuff up. And he looked at them and he said, how'd you get there? And they all kind of looked at their shoes. And he said, let me show you. And from one side of the room to the other, he 
he took a series of tiny steps. The people of Nineveh found themselves where they shouldn't have been. They got there by a thousand tiny steps. If we find ourselves other than where we should be, we have probably gotten there by a thousand tiny steps. It's time to recognize where we are, who we are, and then find our way back. It's been a crazy week. And our nation is hurting, it's confused. So I want to end um, with this thought and then a prayer of healing. God's not about divisions. God's about loving neighbor. And loving neighbor builds friendships. Friendships form communities. Friendships require love. It's hard to love someone when you're demonizing them, when you're shouting at them, when you're figuring out ways that you can disagree with them. It's hard work. We gotta get back to where we were. We have to see where we are, recognize the thousand tiny steps, get back to where we were. Let's pray. Mighty God, you rise with healing in your wings to scatter all trials that assault us. As we wait in hope for the coming of that day when crying and pain and division shall be no more. Help us by your Holy Spirit to receive your power into our lives and to trust in your eternal love. In the name of the good Father, Son, and Spirit, thanks be to God for the blessings of this family of faith. Thanks be to God and amen. We have a, another hymn uh, for worship today. This has been pulled together by Chris and all of the FSU scholarship section leaders. Beautiful old hymn, I love to tell the story.
thank you so very much. Um, a reminder that the story is one of hope and love and grace. All gifts from the Lord, gifts meant to be shared. Y'all, God created this congregation. The Holy Spirit called us together and made us into a family of faith. We are gifts to each other, and together we can be gifts, agents of the grace and goodness of Jesus Christ, wherever we are. Let us never forget this truth, and let us never stop sharing God's love. And now, so we might be strengthened and prepared for God's will to be done, let us receive God's holy blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God, and may the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with me, be with all of us, all of us, today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Thanks be to God, and amen. Friends, go forth and serve the Lord. See you next week. Bye. Uh -huh.